Welcome to the Mini Break Podcast, your daily roundup of the biggest storylines, results, and controversy in the tennis world. Today is Friday, March 22nd, and I am your host, Max Rothman. So there's been a ton of tennis in the Miami Open thus far, and I know there's been some rain delays, but you know that is why we had 64 matches scheduled for today. And obviously, we want to cover as much as we can on the mini break, but we can't cover all of them. Uh, so we'll we'll break down some of the matches that we found to be the most exciting. Uh, and to help me do that, we have a new co-host here. It is Philip Lewis Fama, CEO and co-founder of Tweenerhead. What's going on, man? Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. This is a new experience for me, so I'm very excited to see what comes out of this. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, Westoff, we got to get a, a quick new co-host sound effect. Uh, but since this is your first time on the podcast, why don't you take uh, just a quick second, introduce yourself, let the fans know who you are before we jump into breaking down these matches. Absolutely. I First of all, thank you again for having me. I really appreciate this journey. And I... Currently, I just graduated from Xavier University in Cincinnati, Ohio. I've been an avid tennis fan since I was nine years old. I've been having a lot of fun with it, and I started this right out of college. And ever since then, I've been gaining more and more love for the sport that we all love to talk about. And going from tournament to tournament has been a blessing in disguise, just talking about this. So getting to know who these players are in real life, it's a whole new thing. And I'm really excited to see what more we can learn from them. Absolutely. And look, we, we love what you're doing and, and super happy to have you a part of the, the Cracked Rackets team. And so if you haven't had a chance, check out Tweenerhead on, on Instagram, on Twitter, wherever you can find it. Where, where else can we find you? Anywhere else? YouTube, YouTube, Facebook, everywhere. Make sure if you go to YouTube, make sure you do hit that subscribe button. I've been moving a lot of vlogs to there. So if you want to follow me at any tournament that I'm going to, I'm going to Charleston for the Volvo Car Open in two weeks. So if you want to follow me there, make sure to hit that subscribe button on our YouTube page. Beautiful. Well, you heard it here first. Make sure to check it out. But as I said, we have a ton of matches to cover. Uh, so let's start breaking down the first one. I think I think the one that I want to start with is uh, – there, there's a couple that we could start with. But I think the one that I, I want to start with is the Opelka and Struff match. Yes. And, you know, th- this is – this was a fun one. Uh, this was a, a win for Opelka, 4-6, 6-3, 6-4. Um, you know, two two players that have been playing well, uh, both who obviously hit the crap out of the ball. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, you know, just looking at the stats from this match, you, you have <laughs> a classic 25 aces from Opelka. Uh, you know, he's winning 82% of his first serves. But Struff, also with a big serve, he's, he's winning 89% of his first serves. Uh, you know, I don't know if you had a chance to catch this one, but, you know, what did you think of this match? I, I watched a little bit of it. I was very surprised that he broke Opelka in the first set to make it 5-4. He served out in the first set to make it 6-4, lost the second, and then Opelka just came right back because you really just can't stop that serve. It's like a John Isner 2.0. It's I ridiculous. mean, Struff has been playing really well this year, honestly. He played well at the Indian Wells tournament this year. Lost to Raonic in the round of 16. I mean, you really can't. This guy's been playing well, and I think he might have a better 2019. I mean, he's 28 years old, but still, he's definitely a guy to be worried about when you see him in the draw. But when you face Opelka, I really don't know what you what goes through your mind because there's no way you can return that serve. I think first of all, you just made a hot take. That Westoff, I I need a, a hot take sound effect, a little sizzle there. Uh, 
saying that Struff is going to have a better 2019 than Opelka is wild. I love that take. I, I mean, okay, so first of all, I hear you. You know, Struff just had a, a great Indian Wells. He, he takes out Milman, Barankis, Zverev, and, and, you know, granted Zverev was, yeah, whatever, sick, uh, and then loses to Ranich in the round of 16. But you're going to you're gonna say he's going to have a better 2019 than Opelka? Struff, he had a career-high ranking of 21 in 2018. He made the round of 16 in Sofia. He lost no qualifiers to Rotterdam, beat Raonic in Dubai, Went to the round of 16, lost to Raonic in Indian Wells. I mean, and now he just lost to Opelka. And Opelka currently, his ranking, he's in the top 100 now. He won the New York Open. He beat a very hot Brandon Schnur, who I believe has been on your radar for some time now, playing for UNC, right? Yeah, uh, quick, quick shout out. If you haven't heard my interview with him, it's awesome. Check out the Cracked interviews. <laughs> the, See, the, exactly. Easy, so, easy plug there. Exactly. And Struff, he's such a tricky lefty too. You know he's 6'5", and he looks short against Opelka? Well, I mean, anyone looks short anyone against looks Opelka. Short. <laughs> Wait, the guy's 6'5". I'm six foot flat, and this guy's 6'5", and he still looks like he's 5'10 against him. And, I mean, just to get a set off him and breaking his surf, that's unheard of. So, I mean... You never know. We'll see how the rankings pull out at the end of the year. Yeah, uh, I'm with you there. Let, let's move on to the next match. I, I love that we started off with a hot take. Yes. Uh, next match I want to talk about because I, I actually brought this up with Gruskin the other night um, is the Maxi Martyr versus Taylor Fritz match. And and this was a 6-4, 3-6, 6-3 win for Martyr. Um Pretty disappointing, honestly. I, I called a 6-4, 6-4 win for Fritz the other day. So, uh, hey, great shot by me to, you know. There's your hot take one. right there. Yeah, I know. But but look, you know, Fritz has been playing some good tennis. You know, he, he won Newport Beach. And I guess he did have two two rough back-to-back losses, one to Mackey and one to Stevie, two American guys uh, at Delray and Indian Wells. But this is this is the kind of match, you know. He's ranked fifty six right now, and and yeah. Murderer, who's struggled honestly, you know, in twenty nineteen. I, I just thought this needs to be a routine win for him. Murderer, you know, lefty doesn't have a, a particularly huge forehand. I would have thought that Fritz's backhand would have been able to hold up. <sighs> I don't know. He he looked good. I was watching him, and by the end of it, I think Fritz was just getting more and more frustrated with the shots that he was hitting. I was seeing like an inner Rafa when he was hitting his inside-out forehands cross-court. I mean, the guy was running around his backhand so much and just whipping it into the short corners like I haven't seen it in a while. He just played up to the ability that he's always wanted to. Yeah, which is, you know, it's, it's just tough. It is, and and it's surprising too. You know, you look at the the statistics here. You know, first serve points won for both guys, eighty four percent for Martyrer and eighty six percent for Fritz. You know, serving his first serve only was in fifty one percent of the time, and we've said this a lot for these young guys, especially for a guy like Fritz who relies so heavily on his serve. He's got to be making more of those, especially when he's win so many winning so many points off of it. Again, just this has to be a match that he's got to win. I, I totally agree, and especially with the amount of pressure on American players these days, with guys like Fritz that are still considered up-and-coming, even though at this time Zverev's already won Masters 1000's titles and Francis has already made the quarterfinals. And it's, 
you start to see these guys and you start making these headlines about whether or not they should be winning these matches. And with the name like this and the recognition they get, Fritz should be winning these matches hands down. Absolutely, and that's a that's an interesting point you bring up, uh, and something that Gruskin talked about with Mike Cation on uh, a recent interview. And, and again, mm-hmm. another plug, great interview by by Gruskin there. Um, you know, Cation brought up the fact that you know Fritz had a kid; it may have set him back a year, um, but that for guys like him and uh, more particularly Opelka, who has seen the success from Fritz and Tiafo, uh, that there might be some pressure on those kind of guys to start winning a little more, especially as they, you know, begin to progress and get a little bit older. But because I haven't had you on the podcast yet, I'm curious, you know, talking, looking at Fritz, Opelka, Tiafo, and I'll, I'll throw Mackie in there as well. Yeah, you can throw Mackie in who, there, I think, especially who, this year. Who who do you think has, you know, the most potential um, moving forward? Oh, Jesus. This is always a tough question. Because especially in the United States, it's there's it's saturated with the amount of top 100 players, especially Americans. Because if you look at who's going to take over for John Isner, stature-wise, <laughs> it's definitely Opelka. Because, <laughs> yes. they, because they're just the same person at this point. I, none of them have made a quarterfinal like Francis has. But Francis has been going through a slump lately. So I, as much as I love the guy and I talk to him, it's it's hard to see i think it's just momentum wise like you just get so mentally and physically drained after a run like that and he hasn't experienced that so i think a lot of these guys have to understand that it they have to just continue to work at it but while i'm avoiding your answer uh your question (laughs) completely uh i would like to say uh francis would be the guy out of all of them to actually go toe-to-toe with some of the top 20 players and possibly get into the top 20 i believe i mean do you just say that because of his athleticism like what what about him leads you to i think the amount of flair and sheer athleticism that he has i think out of all of them Mackie has the best looking strokes technically yeah and i think with francis i think francis can hit a very top spin ball and then go to immediately to a flat which can throw players off and he just has the ability to run around the court and make shots i mean especially with American players, you always see more athleticism to them compared to others. But I think Francis finally has put together the technical and athleticism side of an American tennis player that we've been looking for since maybe the glory days. So hopefully we can see someone of that stature to win. Yeah, I hear that. I I love Tiafa's game. I love the way that he's progressed over the years and uh, hopefully we get to see more of him, uh, you know, making it deep into tournaments in the future. But let's talk about another first round match and an American that we haven't heard much of, you know, in, in the last few months. And that's Christopher Eubanks and an unfortunate three three set loss to Duesmer. And, uh, you know, that that match score was one six, six, four, seven, six, you know, tough to, to go down in that third set breaker. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to catch this one, but just thoughts on Eubanks and this match. It's uh, it's again it's it's something disappointing that you hate to see because you always have high hopes for these guys. He had a great 2018 year. 2019 you would expect him to get back into the rhythm of things, continue that momentum for 2018 even though you have like a you have a long break in between. But it I 
like you said with Fritz, sometimes you see these names and you just expect them to win the match. It's like a no-brainer. So you always pick them to win, but at the end of the day, they're choking a little in my mind. Yeah, I mean, looking at the statistics, that, that might have been the case. Look, he's serving 63%, winning 85% of his first serves. Exactly. You know, you know he had seven breakpoint opportunities, only was able to convert two of them. It's it's tough. You know, you, you hope to see him come through, you know, in a match like this where he is playing well. Um, just Just tough to see him go down like this. It all takes one tournament, too, for a player to finally get their groove back, and I think Chris uh, is still looking for that tournament, I, whether it comes on the challenger level or at an ATP 250 or even higher. I, it all depends. Yeah, definitely. And look, he, I mean, he's been on the brink here and there at, at some of these tournaments. <clears throat> he, you know, at the Australian Open, he does qualify, loses to Basilashvili in, in four sets. Yeah, he he qualifies the New York Open and wins a round there before losing to Jordan Thompson. So he he is on that brink and and hopefully he continues to stay healthy and can move forward. Exactly. So hopefully he can. We'll see him be progressing a lot better this year. Absolutely. And and let's move on to the last match that I want to break down in the men's draw. That is FAA taking down Casper Rube three six six one six two. You know. Great win for, for FAA after you know a somewhat rough first set. And, and maybe this is where our, our first little tangent will you know come through here. We talked about this a little bit before the podcast. Uh, there needs to be some change to the rules where rankings can be updated before a tournament starts because FAA should not have had to qualify for this tournament after last tournament and is, and is you know, soon to yeah. be better ranking. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more. I think especially because Casper Ruud is also one of another promising player that probably could have gotten a wild card here at the tournament. I mean, the kid's 20 years old. He's the top player for Norway, and he's probably one of the, one of the best up-and-coming players on tour right now. But you have Felix, who just came off one of the best runs of his career, and he's qualifying still. He made the top 50 after that. Goes down to 55 after uh, this week with everyone moving up. But still, I at this point, Felix should be making main draws of bigger tournaments at this point. I mean, for the Grand Slams, he won't even think about qualifying. French Open, he hasn't even played the French Open yet. Right. And he's going to get into the main draw this year. So, I mean, e even more ridiculous too, right? And th again, th this is a, a conversation we had a little bit before, but... We also had guys like Songa who were playing the qualies, and you know, I was watching uh, a, the tennis channel, you know, a few days ago, and uh, Jim Courier was talking about how, yeah, you know, this is this is the game. Tennis is a game of business. Uh, you know, if you want to, if we want to sit here and talk about how certain guys should or shouldn't have gotten wild cards, well, too bad. That's just how it is. Uh, and that's I, not that's, how that works. I, I mean. Unfortunately, it, it kind of seems like how it is, though, right? Where we get we get Nicola Kuhn, and who, uh, unfortunately, if you haven't seen this, it's a it's a tough sight to see. He goes down in the third set against Mishka Zverev. You know, two two. You see him just like go for a forehand, and then he just collapses, hits he, the floor, legs um, cave out, and everything. Especially from a tennis player's perspective, it's it's one of the tougher things to see because you uh, see the amount of pain he's in. And I love I love the video of the umpire just saying, 
ball boy, can you bring the towel to him? And the guy's <laughs> lying on the floor with tears in his eyes because he can't yeah. stand up. I it, it that's a tearjerker for me at least because you just empathize empathize with these guys. Totally. I mean, I I've definitely had not the full collapse necessarily, not the full collapse. but thankfully, but some, wood. some tough cramping uh, yeah. on court. Uh, but but again, you know, back back to you know the, the point of the the qualifying, and it, it sucks that it is a business because guys like Sanga who have been you know former top tens and you know sure ranking hasn't necessarily allowed him to to make this main draw should not be getting you know a wild card into qualies over someone like Nikola Kuhn. It's it's just an unfortunate. Uh, yes. aspect of the game there's actually two players that i want to point out that actually got yeah, into please. the main draw the nicholas jari a young kid from chile actually 84 in the world got into the main draw uh bernard tomic actually made the main draw without qualifying which is still shocking that he's still on tour after <laughs> everything and mackie mcdonald was 60 in the world and he got a lucky loser excuse me that makes no yeah. sense to me yeah that, Fritz made the main draw. Query made the main draw. And we have guys that are still in the top 50 that aren't even making it, like Felix and Mackie. Right. I mean, and this comes back to the point, you know, do we expand these draws to, to make them bigger, to allow more players to play in these Masters tournaments? I, <sighs> it, I, I don't think, know. It thinks it, I think it's a bigger question after that. If you want to expand the draws, do you want to add more tournaments? Do you want to play a longer schedule? And I think with a lot of backlash that the with the players saying that the schedule just never ends. We're playing until I think November and they get a month off now after playing mm-hmm. weeks and weeks on end. It, it doesn't make sense if you're going to expand the draw and then still play the same te- intense scheduling that these players have to play in order to improve their ranking. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear you loud and clear. Yeah. Well, that, that is, you know, <laughs> We we we've totally gone off the rails here on on our matches, but so so let's reel it back in real quick. Uh, just a, a few other notable results from today, as you just mentioned, Bernard Tomic gets a win. He plays Joker tomorrow, and that'll be one of my matches to watch. Uh, Delbonis gets a win over Gojo. Uh, Tipsarevich gets a win over Klan. That's the first. That's the first win for Tipsarevich in something like 570 days. So first uh, main you know. draw match that he's won. Yep. In- a very long time. Yeah, so awesome for him. Uh, you know, I could I could go through the the rest of these it's results, a but long list. Yeah, as I said, sixty four matches, and uh, you you can check out all the results uh, on the ATP website. But let's move on to the women. Uh, there there were some interesting results here today, and I think we have to start with our Indian Wells champ Andre Eskew, who somehow pulls out this win, and I and I don't know. She was down. Four six one five in the second set in a match, match point. point, and then I, I don't even know. How do, I I can't explain it. I honestly can't explain it. This girl pull. played seven <laughs> matches in the Indian Wells in like weird conditions in California, if I might add that. Played seven matches, cramping in the final against Curver. Still wins her first master, uh, her first Indian Wells title after playing in Newport and winning that title as well. And now she comes back to play another tournament in much worse conditions in this heat. <laughs> and she plays uh, Ke- Kenan, excuse me, tomorrow. 
and she played her in Mexico in the semifinals. This doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I mean, look, first of all, just coming out of this match, I, this this was a match that, you know, I think a lot of people thought she's either, excuse me, this is a tournament that people, I think, thought she's either losing this first round or she's going to make a deep run, and, and maybe this is the case that she's making, that she's going to make a deep run here after coming back and winning this, you know, four six seven six six two. What is um, what's your thought on her winning the sunshine double? Oh god. I mean, if you were if you were to if since you're a big numbers guy, what would be your over under or what would be your number for her to win this? <laughs> um I mean, I, I think I've I'm always uh one of the guys to to doubt people after they've won a tournament. There's there's such an emotional slump in a more even more so than a physical slump post post big win and especially for someone as young as her i have a hard time seeing her making it much further than you know kerber uh, she she if she beats kennan she might have to play kerber next round you know uh, another kerber match that i mean just tough no just tough. chance so I, i'm not i'm not sure she's going to be able to make it through that oh uh, we'll find we'll find out tomorrow how well she, she plays if she beats Keenan easily in two sets i don't know what i'm i don't know what i'm going to do <laughs> uh, she might she'll be making a case as you know one of the best youngins that's for sure top 25 but, uh, player that's yes that 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 is the uh the number going around by a lot of people but let's let's talk about uh two other matches on the women's side before we look forward to the matches for tomorrow uh, Azarenka takes down Sybil Kova two, three, and four. You know, good good win for Azarenka here. You know, played well. You know, serving sixty two percent, winning sixty six percent of those first serves, and uh, overall she just looks really solid right now. I'm I'm not sure if you had a chance to catch this match. Yeah, she Azarenka won against Sybil Kova, lost to Garcia today, unfortunately, mm. and but Azarenka. 29 years old, Grand Slam champion, is a mother now, and I think she still has what it takes to make deep runs. I think on the women's side, there's always a case between saying whether or not the women's side is wide open or it just has that much depth. So when you play an experienced veteran like Azarenka, you never know what you're going to get. So hopefully she'll bounce back in her next tournament. I I think that's very possible. And the last match that uh, I think we have to break down is Coco Goff taking down McNally three six six three six four. And for those of you who don't know who 15. Coco Corey Corey Coco Goff is, she's a fifteen year old who is. I know it makes me feel so I'm unaccomplished sick to at twenty three. <laughs> uh, but Two of the she is making sponsorships ever too for a fourteen year old. Yep. Signs with New Balance for a million dollars. Now signed by Barilla. Yes, Barilla, the pasta company that I ate in my entire college career. Exactly. You know, there's a Forbes article out about her, you know, saying, is this 15 year old, you know, the future of women's tennis. And uh, she, she's certainly making a name for herself with these recent endorsements. You know, she, she is clear. She's making headlines. As you said, Barilla is a new sponsor, you know, also sponsors Federer. So she's, you know, joining, joining those, you know, up there in the ranks of tennis Good win, really, really good win for her to to make it into the second round. Starting to get some more uh, points on the tour. Yeah. What 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 do you think about her future? Her future looks very bright, especially for being 15 and the physique that she has for a 15 year old. I think really benefits her. Strong, tall, very powerful on the court, very 
able to play up into her ability. I mean, it's it's with every young talent on the women's tour. In my mind, you can't get too ahead of yourself. I mean, there's been a lot of promise with her, and I think I would compare her to – I would actually compare her to Zion Williamson in this sense because there was so much hype. <laughs> well, coming out of high school, if you think about it, coming out of high school, Zion was a dunk highlight on YouTube. All of a sudden, and he's playing against kids that are a foot shorter than him. Now Coco Goff is going from playing juniors, number one in the world, to playing women that are bigger than her, stronger than her, and she's still 15. So it's we're waiting. Zion's going to the NBA. Coco's about to make her deep run into the WTA. So I think she's going to be oh, one of the best ones to watch. Yeah, look, I mean, at 13, she was the youngest ever to reach the U.S. Open Girls Final. You know, last year wins the Junior French Open. I mean, and uh, I this, again, brings me back to a thing that we've talked about tons on this podcast is that that's something that we've brought up on the podcast before. I mean, there's just no way that that matchup was random. I mean, they definitely planned some of these matchups and, you know, Coco and, and Katie playing each other first round has to be one of them. Um, but yeah, well, well, maybe this is a good place to, you know, transition into the matches that we're looking forward to tomorrow. Uh, you know, staying on, the, staying on the Coco train. Uh, she plays Kaskina, you know, the 14 seed Russian player, young Russian who's had some promise. You know, that, that should be a really good match. See if Coco can continue, you know, her winning streak. Uh, another match that I'm looking forward to, Taylor Townsend versus Simona Halep. You know, Townsend hit, hits a big ball, Halep the two seed. You know, I think Gruskin said that's his uh, his choice for winning this tournament. Or maybe it was, was that Stokowiak? I don't know. Some, someone mentioned it. Uh, tons of men's matches that, to, to look forward to. Uh, I think the one that I'm, you know, most excited for is Hercotch playing team. You know, Hercotch, who had a really good run uh, at Indian Wells, you know, he, he takes down Shapo, K, Pui, DeYoung uh, before losing to Fed in the quarterfinals. So, you know, he's been playing some good tennis uh, and team, obviously, our, uh, our Indian Wells champ uh, should be should be a really good matchup. Uh, so, some other matches I'm looking forward to. Uh, Tomich playing Joker. Uh, I, I feel like he always rises to the occasion when he, he plays the good players and he plays a weird game. So that, that could be really fun. Uh, a few other matches I'm looking forward to. Uh, Albot is playing Fed. Albot, who's just been on a tear recently, uh, you know, might give Fed a little run for his money, but not too concerned that Fed is going to lose that one. Uh, Rublev is playing Chilich. Uh, you know, again, that, that'll be a very entertaining match. And then the last, the last match that I'm looking forward to is Opelka versus Schwartzman, purely because of the height difference. I think that's going to be hilarious, Pro- possibly the largest height difference between two players on the ATP Tour ever, uh, so that, that'll be fun. There is so much tennis to be played yet. Uh, the rain delays have you know postponed some things, so we've got a lot of tennis coming up this weekend, so definitely tune into the Miami Open, and, and we will cover all of weekend's events on Sunday night so that that Monday morning you can listen to our Monday mini break. Uh, but, I, you know, thank you, Philip, for joining us on the mini break. We'll, we'll be sure to get you back on. And uh, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. And, you know, Miami Open's been entertaining so far. We've had Dennis Shapovalov doing weird videos. We've got Chung dyeing his hair blonde. Uh, so, like I said, Make sure to, to tune into these mini break podcasts to, to get 
all of your news on the Miami Open. And But I think it's time to wrap it up here. So from our super producers, Daniel Westhoff and Maxwell Fliegner, you guys, as always, have a, of a job to do. And thank you for all of your work. From the team at Crack Rackets and from myself, your host, Max Rothman, what do we say to our fans, Philip? That's a break! And we'll see you on Monday.